Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Inman, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Good afternoon, friends. Before we begin, would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, so in case you didn't know, which you probably didn't since we don't all really know each other yet, I'm a bit of a church nerd. I feel like half the time I don't know what day of the week it is, and I often have trouble deciding what neck scarf or today head bandana goes best with my outfit, but I could tell you in a heartbeat what part of the church calendar we're in or what color the pyramids on the pulpit or the stoles on the pastor will change to next. So in case you also didn't know, we are currently liturgically in the church season of ordinary time, moving slowly and steadily towards the start of the church calendar, Advent. So as the weather outside has grown cooler, the leaves will begin to shift into the warmth of fall and the winds have started to change from humid blasts to crisp breezes. And soon we will move from the green fabric hanging at the front of the church to the warmer purple banners that signal to us that a savior is coming. Though in the eyes of the church, we are living in a time that is quote, ordinary, the reality of our lived experiences right now And since even before the season of ordinary time began is anything but. In the last six months, we have seen global and communal sickness, heartbreak, anxiety, fear, frustration, sadness, grieving, and confusion. We have witnessed the death of innocent lives that should matter to us all, social and political inspirations, and even death and destruction through the forces of nature. We have held classes, birthday parties, funerals, and even church on Zoom and the internet. I personally have experienced drop-off brain surgery, as my mother likes to refer to it, and I would not be surprised if we have collectively cried out more times than not, how long, oh Lord? The time we live in is anything but ordinary. Yet, Does that mean there is not still wonder to be found? Does that mean that God is not at work? I don't think the church emphasizes enough the season of ordinary time. It makes sense that we spend so much of our energy celebrating Christmas and Easter because the incarnation and the resurrection are the biggest touch points of a faith in Jesus Christ. Yet, if you look closely at scripture, God rarely works in loud, overwhelming, hello, look at me ways. God, in only the way God can, tends to call out to people in the mundane moments of everyday life. Let's look to Moses as an example. Exodus chapter three, verses one through four in the CEB translation reads, Moses was taking care of the flock for his father-in-law Jethro, Midian's priest. He led his flock out to the edge of the desert, and he came to God's mountain called Horeb. The Lord's messenger appeared to him in a flame of fire in the middle of a bush. 
Moses saw that the bush was in flames, but it didn't burn up. Then Moses said to himself, let me check out this amazing sight and find out why the bush isn't burning, isn't burning up. When the Lord saw that he was coming to look, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, I'm here. Then the Lord said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Moses and the burning bush is one of those classic and typically well-known passages of scripture that we often don't give a second closer look as to what the passage actually says, because perhaps we assume we know the meaning from what we learned in vacation Bible school, or even what Dr. Chapman or Dr. Davis taught us in 0016. But I'd like to redirect your perspective about this seemingly extraordinary piece of the Exodus narrative. I know when I read this passage, I tend to get caught up in the flames, wondering in awe how some shrubbery in the middle of a field could catch fire with no starter brick and not even a match. And I think about how calm Moses is. Oh, let me go look at this bush that just burst into flames. No mind, everything's fine, I'll be right back. He's probably saying to his sheep. And I imagine Moses sauntering over to the bush, stopping just before he could get burned, taking a peek around the flames and then moseying back to make sure none of the sheep have escaped the flock. But then what happens? God, in the flames of that shrubbery, while Moses is literally doing his chores, going about his normal day, notices that Moses is coming and unbeknownst to Moses, he will find God in those flames. Moses goes towards something ordinary amidst doing something mundane, walking over to, again, I cannot emphasize enough, a piece of shrubbery in a field and encounters God. And it isn't until Moses notices the bush on fire that God calls out to him. It isn't until Moses sees something special happening to something ordinary amidst his everyday normal life that God speaks Moses' name. Moses had to notice before God could call. And what happens when God calls? Moses says, I'm here. In other words, Moses offers himself to God and Moses' statement of presence in the midst of God's presence shows God that Moses is ready and willing to submit and accept whatever God will speak over him or ask of him. So God responds, telling Moses that he is on holy ground and Moses, knowing exactly what that means, complies with God's request and removes his shoes another visible sign of submission to God. So let's rewind and make sure that we got all of that. Moses is tending to his sheep, notices some little shrub burst into flames, walks toward it in curiosity, encounters God, and then all of a sudden is barefoot because of how God's presence completely transforms the entire context of this moment in Moses' life into something holy down to the ground he was standing on. You could say this is an extraordinary call story. In fact, most interpreters do. But perhaps we could look at it instead as God showing up to Moses, showing up to us right where we are, 
in ordinary ways, in ordinary time. Our God, yes, is the God who embodies a human and who saves us on a cross. But even those billboard moments of our faith are mundane in and of themselves. We do well to remember that Jesus, the living God, was once a newborn baby and lived more than 30 years of life that we do not get to see the story of. We do not get to read the story of. I imagine that similar to our lives, much of those 30 years were not all that special. I was talking to a pastor from home the other day who just had a baby, and I was walking her through my thoughts for this sermon, and she said to me, Savannah, let me tell you, it does not get more ordinary than changing my child's diaper, feeding him constantly, making sure he gets to sleep, and doing all of that 100 times a day. So even Jesus, the little incarnate word of God, and his mother Mary lived an ordinary life as all new mothers and newborns do. And though Jesus did some incredibly extraordinary things in his ministry, attempting to teach about and reveal to the world the God he loves, many of the details of those big events were mundane in their own ways. For instance, yes, Jesus fed 5,000 people with five pieces of bread and two fish. How he managed that, I don't know. But the bread and the fish themselves are nothing to write home about. Even the kingdom of God, as vast and incredible as it is, is compared to a mustard seed, a tiny remnant of a plant that, yes, one day will grow to be something extraordinary, but starts out pretty simple. And it is only with attention and care that the ordinary seed becomes something extraordinary. Just like that shrubbery in the field, Moses had to be attentive to the ordinary before he saw the extra. And even as we move towards the crucifixion and Jesus' death on the cross, let us not forget that one of the first acts of the resurrection that Jesus does, one of the first ways he appears to his disciples, is by cooking them breakfast over a charcoal fire on the beach. What's so special about that? Don't get me wrong, I love breakfast and I love Jesus, but Jesus was risen from the dead. He could have appeared in so many monumental ways, yet he chose something simple. And when Jesus ascended and left us all here to fend for ourselves, he promises that in bread and wine, when it is broken and poured, we will remember his life, we will experience his spirit, and we will be in the presence of God. In bread and wine, people, how much more mundane and ordinary can it get? Perhaps you have a different story. Maybe you have always and only experienced God in overwhelmingly spiritual moments where it does feel like God is yelling at you to notice him in a look now or you'll miss me kind of way. That is not my story, and I don't believe it is the main story that is written for us in scripture. More often than not, I recognize God in the mundane, in the ordinary moments of my everyday boring life. I see God in the breeze, blowing through the leaves of trees outside my window, in the way the sun shines at a certain time of day. I hear God in voices singing together in bad harmony at a live music concert and in the laughter of my friends. And I feel God, Emmanuel, in the warm embrace of my family when I've been away for a while 
and sometimes even in the first sip of a cup of coffee, especially when it's shared with someone that I love. God tends to call my name like God did Moses's, and bits of shrubbery scattered throughout my life, which I must notice before God speaks. But when God speaks and sparks the flames, I pay close attention. It has been in those smaller, more mundane instances of noticing God's presence that my faith has grown the most. God has created more holy ground in my life out of burning bushes while I've done my chores than out of any other spiritual moment. Again, maybe this is not your story, but perhaps it could be. Where is your burning bush? What are the details and small moments of your life that God is waiting for you to notice so that God can call out to you and create holy ground? Is it in a neighbor, a hike with a friend, a sunrise, a meal you've been wanting to try, or even in online worship from your living room? According to the church, we are living liturgically in ordinary time, yet the realities of our world are anything but ordinary. And that can be really discouraging. So I hope today you can look to Moses now as an example of how to find wonder in the ordinary, how to recognize and move towards the mundane so that God can call out to you because God is waiting to create holy ground in your life. May it be so. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.